Once again, we are back at it. Another race weekend. Canada's F1 show. It is James Nellis, joined by team manager for Pro Racing Ontario, Daryl Timmers. And we are wrapping up the Monaco Grand Prix. First things first, we haven't chatted in a little while. Uh, the Emilia Romagna yeah. Grand Prix was actually uh, canceled due to flooding in the region and that. So first things first, thoughts and prayers to everybody in that region over there. And hopefully you guys can come out of that sooner than later. We fast forward uh, to this past weekend. It was a big race in Monaco, heritage race, let's yep. just call it that. And the race takes place on Sunday, but let's be honest, the real race is on Saturday. It so is. let's talk about what we saw on Saturday, first and foremost. I was surprised with that big mistake by Perez, to be honest. It was, I, I he's under pressure, obviously, to keep up with Max, but he knows that any screw up here, you're at the back and you're stuck there. You are not passing... <laughs> You are not doing anything. You could be the fastest car in the world, but you still will not be able to pass at this track. And when I saw him hit that wall in one, I was like, wow, there goes that. There goes <laughs> there goes the weekend. There goes the weekend. Essentially, there goes yeah. almost the championship. Right? Uh, I would say there goes the championship. Yeah, there goes, like, to me personally, when I saw it, same thing, corner one, he just kind of flubbed it, lost the rear end, parked the whole car. Yeah. Not even just like a tie run. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was done. There was no... Yeah. Like, kudos to Lando and, and McLaren. That, yeah. They were able to get it back because yeah. it was a light tap. But when that happened to Perez, you're going, okay, here we go. Yeah. Max in P1 and he walks away with it. Yeah. And ultimately, that is what happened. But round three did get a little spicy. Yes. Because we saw Alcon. Yeah. Alcon yeah. was... On was, provisional pole. Yeah. <laughs> only to get pit by Alonso, who, who then... Had purple sectors for the first two sectors and still went green in his own personal sector. And then... And then Max comes through in the final sector down two fa- Two corners. Two so corners. How, how did he pull that out? Because I'm sitting there, I'm looking at... I'm, he bounced how? off the wall. That's how he did it. It was like pinball. He just, honestly, he just said... I think he realized that his delta, he's like, well, screw it. I'm, I'm, even if I, I lose the two tenths or if I go down, I'm going to be second or third. And he rolled so much speed through those last two corners that he had no more room. He ran out of room with how much time he was... With how much room he's coming onto the track, onto this front straightaway. Clipped the barrier on the left, smoked the barrier on the right, and still got pull. And that's just showing, you know... His, he knows the limit of his car. He knows the limit of that track, and he literally was a little bit, little bit past yeah, that yeah, limit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got lucky. Monaco, you know, this weekend it really see it is like a pinball machine. Yeah, yeah. you know, and you tap it, you get away with it. You don't like we saw a bunch of guys. I mean, we just mentioned Lando, obviously yeah. Perez. Uh, even Lewis Hamilton parked it. Yeah. We got a nice new view of some of the upgrades, which we will talk about in just a little bit. Uh, but Monaco in general, as a heritage track, you know, they're coming up for renewal on, on, on F1 in the calendar, let's say. I don't see it going anywhere. But is there a way to spice up the actual race? Because it just looks like a parade. They, they should make a Monaco car. They should make it where it's a lot smaller. <laughs> they should make it a lot tight. Like, just make it smaller. The cars are so big. There's like there's yeah. no way to pass on this track. Yeah. Like, you you saw it with Perez and the, and the Haas. Like Magnussen blocked him for the entire race. Yeah, all he had to do was in two spots was move over and he can't pass. Yeah, he was like Stroll was on a on a on a battering ram trying to get by people. He was smashing people left, right, and center. But that's the only way. To get around people at Monaco. Yeah. Like he, kudos to him for at least trying something. Everyone else just kind of sat there, you know, and, and they have to do something. They, obviously, they can't widen the streets of Monaco. Like it's, no, it's no, one no, of those no. things they can't do. But I don't know if it would be, if, it, if they just did like a scale version of the race, like, like 
the cars have to be to this scale for that race, right. and then it can go back to your regular scale. <laughs> like, so, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, that being said, right, I, I mean, as, as, as fans of Formula One, we understand the lineage of the race, yeah. and we understand why. It's almost it's like 100 years of racing there, right? But if new fans are coming in, and they're going, this just looks like a parade. This is more like... We're fans. We do a show. Yeah. And I was saying, thank God the Indy 500 was on yeah, yesterday that was because, like, <laughs> my Sunday of racing would have yeah. been just, like, deflation <laughs> to the max. And it even rained this year. It was yeah. just, but even that, there was no risk being... Well, you can't really take the risk in the rain yeah. at Monaco without yeah. the right tires, right? But it was just kind of like, oh, brother. Yeah, I just... I I don't know. I They have to do something. I don't know what the answer is. I don't have the answer for it. Right. But it's... There's... Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the passing zones, like make it a two lane, like two lanes where you can't move, you can't drive in the middle of it. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just throwing stupidness out there. It's all good, but man. it's just one of those things that it, Monaco is such a prestigious event. Like if I if I was to go to Monaco and win Monaco, yeah. I could die tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It like, has that level of cachet. It's, for exactly. Sure, yeah. It's one of those races that you want on your resume, but for fans, it's. It's horrible. Yeah, like, <laughs> better off looking at the yachts. Yeah, the exactly. That's literally. I was looking at the sand. I was looking at the yachts. I was like, oh yeah. man, someone hit that that sticker off the wall over there. I wonder who that was. Like yeah, I was looking at yeah. things that had no relevance to the race. Right, like, right. I know. Well, if you have an idea on how we can improve the Monaco GP, yeah. because the qualifying was outstanding. This yeah, year, it was. Right? The qualifying was great. That was one of the best qualifying sessions of the year. Right. Yeah, and we even had people saying that was one of the best qualifying sessions. Ever. Ever, yeah. Which might be a bit of a boost, but yeah. hey, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. But if you do have an idea on how to spice it up, drop a comment below. So Fernando Alonso continues his streak of podiums this year. He's five for six, edged up to P2 this yeah. week. The conversation today, though, one day after the Monaco Grand Prix is, did Aston Martin drop the ball with that tire change? Could Fernando have actually won the Monaco Grand Prix this year? He had a way better chance of winning that race if they didn't the the slicks on it. I don't I don't understand why they did that. Right. Like everyone else was coming in being like we need reins, we need reins, we need something, we need inters. Everyone's complaining about it and then they come in and I'm like, wow, they jumped they pounced on it. They jumped early. Right. I was like, this is great. They're gonna be on inters, they'll be able to to, to close that gap on Rex a little bit. And then they came out with mediums. I was like So What was the point of that? Yeah, so so <laughs> there's a couple things here. Um in regards to Aston and Martin, I thought they got it right, right off the hop. Yeah. When they went hard. Yes. So their strategy was a one-stopper, just like everybody else, but it was to go deep into the race. And hopefully Max's dag on the tire would provide some sort of spice near the end. The rain comes in in a couple sectors. Yeah. And it's not enough rain to where you need to go to something right away, as we saw, you know, the drivers were kind of tiptoeing around it. And Fernando actually, I think, did the best job of just keeping it alive, keeping it on track. And he really did have the opportunity to switch to the inter and really turn it on. Yeah. But they went for a slick and then they came back in. Right away. Went for an inter and then he was struggling with the inter because he couldn't fire the tire up to get the temperature in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those situations where I... I, I would have thought, you know, because they listened to Fernando so much, I would have thought Fernando would have been like, hey, man, we need inters. Right. I, I didn't hear the, the, the radio conversation between the team and, and Fernando, but it surprised me when that happened. He I, didn't exactly say we need the inters yeah. right now, but he they were saying, you're coming in, you're yeah. going to go on slicks. And he was kind of like, 
You sure? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it because was, it was tricky, though. That's the thing. It was only speckling here and speckling there. And then the rest... By that of, point, by the bridge and everything, the bridge... Like, going into the bridge was soaked, and the chicane at the end... Uh, yeah. Coming out was soaked. But, like, like coming down the main street, it was yeah, dry. Yeah, it was dry. Yeah, so it's so, weird. Like, yeah, yeah. at that point, Alonzo should be like, no, man, enters. Like, mm. we should be going enters. Like, when they were on the front half of the, the track, it was like, okay, it's all right. But, like, the second half of the track, guys... Couldn't couldn't drive straight, let alone make a corner. You know, yeah. like people were literally crawling. Guys were bouncing off each other, bouncing off the guardrail just to make the car turn. <laughs> it was a pitfall. Yeah, machine. it, it did was, look like a pitfall. It was machine, crazy, you know? and and the fact that someone that experienced just didn't overpower his team when he's so he's known for doing that to overpower his team. Right? Why didn't he just say, "Guys, I need enters." Right. And on the flip side of things, Lance Stroll was just nowhere. Ultimately, yeah. just didn't finish the race. Had a bad qualifying, and then just a tough, a tough and then weekend. He just for him. drove into the barrier on the first lap a couple times. Drove into a couple people, and I think the car just couldn't take it anymore. And like when it rained, he turned into that corner, and the car just kept going straight. He hit the barrier, knocked off the wing, and then something happened with like anti stall. Yeah, something. It, it was actually it, a bit of a mystery why. why yeah. when I saw him walking, you know, beside the yachts there, I was like, "What happened?" You know, yeah, he because really he, he like he hit the barrier. And then uh, when he got going again, like he caught he, the car turned when he hit the barrier, so he kept going again. Yeah. And he wasn't on the gas because you can see him start downshifting right. to try to get the first. And the car was accelerating as he was trying to downshift. So I think maybe you know maybe it was a little bit of a stuck throttle or something yeah. like that that happened. But yeah, he had a rough one, rough go for sure. Yeah, big disparity between the two drivers. Hopefully they can get it back together because Mercedes now nipping at their heels in yeah. terms of constructors. But one last thing with Aston Martin, big announcement this week in 2026. Honda, Honda. returning to the grid yeah. as a work supplier for Aston Martin. As Honda, you know, uh, it, it's, this is great. Um, this is this is, this is scary. Yeah. This is scary. <laughs> if, you, if you're Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull for sure, because yeah. you know the quality of getting yeah. a works engine. Especially a Honda works. This is scary for them. Yeah. And we've said it a million times before. We're Canada's F1 show. A lot of people don't like whatever. What? Listen, Big Stroll is not here to play. No, he isn't. Lawrence Stroll is not here to play. Yeah. He sees the best. He dangles the money. He gets the best. And I'm I'm a little bit surprised at the performance thus far from from, from Fernando. But the, the caliber of the Aston Martin yeah. this year took everybody. I mean, we're six yeah. races, and everybody's going, yeah, we didn't expect this. No. We no. expected a leap, but we didn't expect this. And, you know... Now with the Honda? Yeah. With the Honda engine? In- you, you look at Stroll, though. He's he's very, very, very business-oriented. Like, that guy is... is big Stroll. Yeah, Big Stroll. Yeah, he yeah. is... He is the he's one of the, the I guess he was he's one of the best businessmen around the world. I guess hundred percent, hundred percent. There's right? no question about it. And and you know and when you look at all the decisions he's made with the Ashton Martin team when, since he's bought it, it's it's just accelerated that team forward. The, like it's, they're they're top tier business yeah, decisions exactly. And there's no expense being spared. And the fact that he signed the Honda deal with Honda really is power in Red Bull right now. If yeah. you really look at it, yeah. Um, you know when he see he, he sees what works and he does whatever it takes to do the proper things right and he's a proper businessman and he is doing what he needs to do to make that team win and like i said before about Zach Brown he's a great businessman but he's not a good team principal right where you know you look at someone like Stroll he just does his business like he's supposed to be doing mm-hmm. he does his deals like he does and he stays away from the the the, the on track stuff but know? he's yeah. also alpha dog like i yeah. was most interested when they signed fernando alonso to see if there would be a blow up yeah but i the way it looks right now is i is, think it's just respect is that's exactly it and you respect the yeah. alpha dog 
and Fernando's a little bit more mature than he yeah. was back in the day when they were, you know, having the issues with Ron Dennis and all of that. But this this is this is great for Formula One. Yep. This is scary for the top three. Yep. The big and, three is going to be big yeah. Four. And, if, and, if, <laughs> and if you thought that you can just kind of ride off with the, with the the name Ferrari or the or the past hybrid dominance of Mercedes, yeah. Like Red no no no. <laughs> there are certain guys and they're coming with their ball and they're yep. here to play. And Lawrence Stroll is one of them. And as Canada's F1 show, I got to be honest. I hope it really happens. For, I, I, like I hope that we're talking about you know Lawrence in a bright as well as Lance, uh, but mostly Lawrence because he's 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 an outsider. You know he's from he's Canadian. Man. He took he took everyone by surprise with how well he's done. Absolutely, like he he's people just thought he was a businessman that was a billionaire. That all right, whatever. I'll just he, he's made his money and now he's just playing with with F1. And no, no, he is making this a business. Like yeah. he is making money with this team. Like he is making Aston Martin. There was like I, I I was reading an article a little while ago and they were talking about how Aston Martin's sales has turned around since they become the pace car of Formula yeah, One because he owns Aston Martin. Yeah, <laughs> like so you know, he became he made that pace car integration. In, yep. and, and now everyone when they see the pace car, he says he sold over like 60 million or 70 million dollars this year alone with just that pace car. And I got to be honest, that Aston Martin SUV is nice. Yeah, it's, like, it's as not. a family man, as a family man who sold right? looks like SUVs, that Aston Martin it does look nice. It does look nice. I'll give you that. Well, we definitely look forward to see what Honda uh supporting Aston Martin brings in 2026. We got a few years before we actually see it on the grid. But hey, man, I like to see the Aston Martin turn around. I would like to see uh, Lance just come a little bit closer into the points. That way there's less disparity when you actually see a fight between Mercedes, Ferrari, and Aston for constructors. Because nobody's catching the Red Bull. No. Uh, Esty Bestie on the podium, baby. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I would use another word. That was a little cringy. Yeah. It was it a was, little cringe. It was a little, but it's okay. I yes, get it. I'm just, yeah, being, I'm take just, it. He'll take it. I'm just being sarcastic. Uh, Esteban Ocon finishes P3. Third Started place. P3. That's the big part. Started P3. So let's go there first because the real question I have is this: How did Esteban Ocon put that Alpine on provisional pole, and it came right down to the wire? Yep. There was only two guys behind him, and they just leapfrog and pipped them a little bit yep. by a tenth or two. But how did Esteban Akon put together a P3 Alpine in it's Monaco? One, it's Monaco. You know, it's not one of those those high downforce, those like, you know, very mechanical grip tracks. It's it's literally run an inch to the wall yeah. as fast as you can go through the corner. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So he put it together. He nailed it. He That car, uh, obviously with Gasly in the top 10 too, it wasn't like they were slouches. Right. Um, so that car, he put it, he, he nailed it. That's all I can say is he put a lap together that I don't think he could have won any faster. So we're coming off the tail end of some scrutiny from Alpine CEO. Yes. Uh, the last time out, he made some remarks. As it pertains to the team and the progress of the team, you yeah. know, I think the team principal at Marsoff now is probably... Feeling most of the blunt, yep. uh, are, are the force of some of those words that were said in public, but it trickles down mm-hmm. and it trickles down. And these guys are the best drivers in the world. They're highly competitive. Do you think Akon and Gasly went into this race, this follow-up race, post those remarks from the CEO with a chip on their shoulder, like I'm going to show 100%, you something? One hundred percent. You know, but I also can look at it as a CEO. It's like, hey, let's just put a little fire underneath these guys. Talk about it. Team manager, yeah. right? So you're a team manager for a pro race team here in Ontario. Um, 
So you can see that side of things where it's like, yep. hey, let's let a fire under their ass because I feel like they're dogging it just yep. a little bit. Yeah, and I, honestly, I we see it sometimes with our drivers where it's like, man, like, what's going on lately? Like, uh, you know, you're usually a top runner and, and all of a sudden now it's just, you know, you're making mistakes. You're, you just don't look like you're in the zone. And sometimes you just got to, like you said, light a fire underneath their ass and kind of show like, hey, you know, there's other people out there that want these wins. You're going to have to work just as hard. And the way you're driving now, you're going to have to work even more right. to catch them. So... Um, I think that's uh, that's kind of the strategy the CEO was going with. Like it wasn't like the cars were absolutely horrible or the drivers were absolutely crap. They crashed each other. Whatever. It but that, that was that was crazy. In yeah, Australia, that was, was like just, it was just a crazy time. It's I don't think you. Yeah, you can't in. really say that's that was just like literally that was a gamble at the end of a race. Yeah, exactly. That in hindsight probably shouldn't have even happened. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, I think the drivers also were like, you know what? I don't think. I think they know that, you know, they're, they're really and truly, their jobs aren't at risk. Like, right. They're really good drivers. They're the teams. Love they're both French drivers. Yeah. They're driving for a French team. It's marketing. They're not like, going anywhere. Yeah. Like, and it's I, a big, and the other thing is too, is it's not just a F1 team. Yeah. It's a big car company. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's, and it's a boutique car company. Like it's like right. a, especially car company that, that, you know, is there to, to kind of show their clients that yeah. they're in F1. We do have some performance yeah. cars too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I, in the end, I think it was just something that the CEO was like, "Hey, man, I gotta, we gotta do something to kind of spark these guys." So, yeah. may, and and it was and it was kind of out of the blue how he just came out of nowhere, dude, and, and dropped as some blue dirty as the laundry. car. Yeah, as, <laughs> well, the CEO and Ocon, and Ocon, like, yeah, out of the blue, I couldn't believe my eyes. No, I, I couldn't I was believe it. I was like, because I was like, hold on a second, that says Ocon. P1 yeah. during qualifying. And then you start to do the math and you go, oh, no way. They called them out and this and that. Yeah. So they're, you know, highly competitive drivers. Like, I'm going to show you. He showed them. Yeah. But the other part of the equation now is this. The confidence boost for any athlete. And what I find is I've been an athlete. I played sports. I played hockey. I played basketball at collegiate level. I moved on. I'm doing some racing now. Once you do well in a race, the confidence, you have the speed. You've shown the speed. And all of a sudden, you're looking at the front guys, the Maxes, yeah. the Fernandos. You're like, yeah. we all fast, but you're not that, that fast. fast. Yeah. What does that do to a driver moving into the next round? Because now you're, one, you know you can do it. You've, you've, you've podiumed, so you know you can do it. You right. know the car can do it. So right. now all of a sudden, all those little little second guesses going into weekends, like, am I, am I really able to do this? Is this car really able to compete and get mm. on the podium? All those questions are out the door now, right? All those questions are, are, are answered. Yes, it can do it. Yes, I can podium with it. So stop asking those questions. Let's concentrate and find to find the speed in this car. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that's going to come out of this weekend is that Ocon's going to come out. Even Gasly showing that, you know, he's going to be even hungrier now to get that podium because his teammate got that podium. Well, this is the thing, too. Let's not forget, in Australia, Gasly was running P4 for a bit, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was he was on the cusp, right on the edge of podium in, yeah. in a few yeah. races this year. So, there is something there. We've seen our, uh, Fernando last year racing for Alpine. Yeah. That was the first year of the new regs. It's, it's a, a developed car from those regulations. Yeah. But, but Fernando was knocking on the door. Yeah. So, the pace is in the car. Exactly. It's just the reliability. As long yeah. as they can keep that car reliable. And Monaco was one of those tracks. Like, they pull gears out. It's not yeah. pounding the engine no, like that. No, it isn't. It's it's just it's it's probably the besides the pinball machine that they yeah, actually yeah, yeah. around in the track is not very hard on the vehicles so that's right. why you don't see millions of all the motors blowing up like at Monza right, or something like right, that where right. guys are grenading motors left right Austria, and Austria Austria yeah hot and in the, yeah yeah you know so it's just one of those things where it's it's a survival race like you need to qualify good that's and it. just survive don't hit the walls stay on stay in between the guardrails and stay in, on track. 
you're good, you will probably finish where you started. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that is yeah. the real deal, as it is for Esteban Akon. Esti Bestie finishes P3 at the yeah. Monaco GP. Let us know what you think about his race, as well as anyone else's race. Well, they'd wanted to bring the upgrades to Imola, but obviously the flood kind of canceled that race. And once again, shouts out to F1 and all the teams for doing the right thing. You know, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix has been canceled for a reason. But we fast forward to Monaco, and that is where Mercedes debuts their upgrades. They're no pod. More, they're pod. They're pod. <laughs> yeah. There's no more zero pod. They've abandoned the concept. They've made some changes in the front end. And they've changed and tweaked the floorboard a little bit. We even got to see the underside, thanks to Lewis parking yeah. in, in the Armco there. Um, what did you make of the upgrades? Can we really see any... like? It's a tough yeah. track to see the dividends. It is. It is. We'll, we'll obviously see it a little bit more in Spain and... and when we when we get there but uh, i think you know in the end i think the car looked a little bit more stable looked a little bit more drivable the car was still a handful obviously they were they were still saying it is a handful it's not like it's going to be a light switch and the thing's going to look way better um but they changed a lot on this car they changed like the front suspension pickup points they've changed the floor they changed the side pods wings they changed everything on this car to make it work and it's not one of those things where you throw a bunch of darts and it lands in the bullseye. You right. know, um, it's going to be you know hit and miss here and there, but they're obviously going in a better direction. Um, the cars were constantly in the top, like you know, top yeah, top ten. Top I mean, 10. Lewis had a scare in, in Q two there. Yeah, yeah, he like did. he he was almost out. Yeah, he was. I agree. I agree. But then boom, right back into it, no problem. So that's the thing, though. The, the, the Mercedes seems to they have an. I don't want to say they have an issue, but you're looking at two polar opposites. You have. The Ferrari that fires up the tires so well, mm-hmm. it's only good for one lap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the deck just go, and they can't race with it. Yeah. And then you have the Mercedes, which really takes time and coaxes it in yeah, to build the tire it. time. Like we've seen guys in the past, I can't remember what race it was, Australia, maybe, or maybe me not, but they've been doing two laps. They'll yeah. do the first lap hard to get the tire in the right window, and then they'll go for their, their for hot, the lap, hot right? lap, right? Yeah. So. Is like what is it about that Mercedes, and is that what they're trying to rectify? Do, do they think that if they can just switch, get a better qualifying spot, they'll have a better I chance so. for the for for the podium? I think so. I think if you you look at some of the changes they're making, it's it's um, it's helping with all the arrow and stuff like that, but also changing you know this the pickup points on the suspension is going to change how the characteristics of those tire of the suspension how it connects itself to the tub. And, you know, how much more heat's being put into the tires and how the tires are going to wear and the tire dag and all that stuff. So um, I think if they thought it was, you know, simple, they would have just kind of just changed a bunch of the aero stuff and hopefully that it got better. But I think it's a whole big package that they're going to try to change. So you're um, saying the suspension tweak says more about the car yeah and more about the development of the car than they were leading on let's i say. think so yeah i yeah. think so because it's it's like a, i was you know if you look at some pictures the pickup points are way higher on the cockpit like yeah the before there was like kind of you know the the cockpit bends down and it was kind of like into the side of it but now it's like almost flush with the top of the cockpit so it's it's there's a lot well that's a little difference. higher is a yeah. little bit more leverage yeah there's more leverage there's 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 a bunch, obviously there's, know, there's a million years, yeah, 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 there's yeah, a bunch of different things that it's going to end up doing, but it's, you know, you're changing the, the forces that are applied to that tire and how fast it's going to heat up or how much, you know, how much camber and caster and all that stuff that it's going right. to actually affect as you start to turn the wheel, right? So right. 
um, how heavy the steering wheel is, how all the like, there's so many different factors of bringing up the suspension that it's going to end up doing. Right. Um, but in the end, it's showing that they're making huge, huge changes, and and it's not like it's um, they can't just re make a cockpit they yeah can't. because like they have the to, budget cap right? yeah like exactly you can't just go back if it was like, we're if it was four years ago yeah. new cockpit everything whole new car comes on it but now with the right. salary cap they're like you know what we have to use this cockpit so they had to we could re-engineer the cockpit where they would have to put new pickup points right on the cockpits that they actually have or the monocoques that they actually have and that was one of lewis's complaints right yeah. he's like listen I've been working with the engineers and finally he just came out in the press. He said, listen, we're too, we're sitting way too far forward in, in the yeah. front of the car. Like, and you may not think it's a lot. I mean, what does Lewis weigh? 150, 160 pounds yeah. tops? Like, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, so he's not, he's not a really not a big, big guy. guy. No. And you don't think that's a lot, but that, that balance in the car is so crucial mm-hmm. when you're doing, you know, 300 kilometers down the straight and then you're on the brakes heavy and trying to turn it in. And if yep. you can't get the back to kind of sit down, because everything's so far forward. Yeah, or... so much. It's so much more inertia on the front end. So much more weight on the front end. If there's no weight on the rear to kind of stabilize everything, you know, and that's where aerodependency and stuff like that comes into play. But when you're you're you don't have any more weight on the rear, it's just going to be a dancing rear. It's like anything. and we did kind of see that this weekend in Monaco. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he, I, Lewis was on the radio, like, and and it's been said he prefers a car like that. Yeah. A little bit more on the nose. Um, but once again, it's just a difficult. It's difficult to take anything away from the upgrades yeah. at a track like Monaco other than body language. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. Lewis looked rather cheerful post-race. Yeah. Uh, he was competing for a P3. It's just very difficult to pass. He was within a second, under a second. Never had it under two, over two seconds with Ocon. Yeah. P4, P5 finish. Good points. There are a few points in constructors behind Aston Martin now. Mm-hmm. So for everything that they've struggled with, they're still in good. They're shape. still yeah. in good shape. Yeah, they you are. Know? They are, and that's that's the part of Mercedes that they never give up. You know, they're they're that they're world champion team. They understand that they're in a struggle period of their car, and they're just taking every weekend as it comes, and whatever they come with, they they make it better. Quick thought: Lewis to Ferrari, yes or no? No, never. <laughs> Question I have for you, as team principal, uh, national champion, you've been behind the wheel. You, you know, you've done this thing for a long time. Why do Formula One drivers not use the karting line <laughs> when they're on slicks and it starts to rain? Legit question. It is a legit question. And give the theory because I'm not sure everybody knows what, what uh, I'm talking about here. So in karting or with a lot of the the series that run in the or cars that run in the wet, um, we avoid the the dry line. Um, so what happens um, as we're driving around? You hear it in the races. Uh, the the rubber gets put down onto the track. So there's rubber that's laid into the track, which gives us all the grip in the world in the summer. On a thick day, you have so much more grip around the track. Um, as soon as it starts to rain, with water getting into that rubber, it starts pulling all the oils and everything out of that rubber, as well as your tire. When it fills in that rubber onto the track, it fills it in and makes it super, super smooth. So there's no abrasion there's left no in abrasion the track anymore. Left anymore. And then your tire being a slick that is rubber, and then a little <laughs> bit of rubber on the track, and you put a little bit of water in between yeah. there, rubber and rubber don't like each other. It's the equivalent of ice. It is. Literally. It literally is the equivalent of ice. Like, you can yeah. go into a corner and crank the wheel like 180 degrees. <laughs> and plow straight ahead. <laughs> So then, you know, what we usually do is avoid the rubber and drive right around the outside of the rubber or drive right underneath the rubber to, to stay away from the slippery parts of it. What you can see it in some of the races that they do kind of avoid the rubber, but you can see because they have so much of, they're not only dependent on, I guess, tire grip, tire grip. Yeah. they also have aero grip. 
so they can depend on the aero grip to overpower the the loss of tire grip. Right. Um, so that's kind of why they don't go on to the the outside. But if you look at it, they do drive a little bit of a tighter line, or they do drive a little bit of a wider line around the track. Right. It's not like us where we're like completely right on around the outside, the outside or just like smashing your yeah. car on the curb. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. they just have a lot more mechanical grip. Well, sorry, aero grip. Because the mechanical grip isn't there, they still have a lot more wings to kind of plant that car to the ground with the you know the bottom the they the the fuser on the bottom on the rear of the car or the the the, the flat floors that they have that creates so much more grip and it sucks them down to the ground. Um, but you can see in Monaco when you don't have a high speed track like that that they can depend on the arrow to give them the grip. Mm. They're driving on the 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 dry line and they have no grip. They're just going straight. So I think it was one of those things where it's like. The drivers just needed to clue in and be like, hey, I got to go back to my car. To, yeah, my, my <laughs> low speed. They yeah. have to go back to low speed racing again, right? Yeah. Where they have to go back to their karting days or their beginner formula days where they don't have a lot of aero grip. Right. And they're avoiding those lines to drive around the outside. And I guess for some of those guys, they've been, you know, minimum 10 years removed from that. Yeah, minimum. exactly. So it just yeah, you look at a guy like Fernando. Head. Yeah. That's what thirty five years removed yeah, from that, you know. Exactly. It was just interesting for me to watch because I was I was I was watching it, and and what I will say is this: while I'm, I'm not, who am I to critique their lines? Yeah. But I was just curious because, and I understand why, you know, it's not a very wide track and it's ping pong as it yeah. is, right? Um, but just a wider line would probably have gotten them through the corner. Yeah. The issue I was seeing with most of them was getting the power down. Yes. Because there's so much power. Yeah. And through those slick sections, it's just almost impossible. Like we saw Max. Just kind of bounce through, bounce through, bounce, and luckily it just kind of worked out for him. And yeah. when you see Max doing it, they're all great drivers, but I think Max is on top of the game right yeah. now. Um, you also saw guys come out of the corner once it was once it was like completely wet. Like yeah, it yeah, was yeah. A downpour. They come out of the corner and they'd roll to the inside of the track and then get on power, right? Because they were off the rubber at that point. Yes. So now they can put the power down, but the guys that were staying on the rubber. We're just like, rah, 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 like yeah, all yeah. over the back end, right? It was uh, it was interesting to see, and you know, it was one of those things where we never really, we never really get to see it that much. Yeah. Meaning, like the rain is coming down in certain sections, but you don't necessarily need a full wet or an intermediate tire yeah. to get around the track. Yeah. So to watch these guys kind of tiptoe these boats around in Monaco, yeah, like some guys, they were they were going to a dead stop. They were, they literally <laughs> were. And I was like, go around the outside, just go around the outside, just try it, just no, try it. But that's interesting. Uh, if you would like to learn a little bit more about the card in line, the wet line, the race line, maybe even jump in a cart, be sure to hit up Daryl uh, at Pro Racing Ontario and Sport Karting Center. It was a great conversation to have. Monaco Grand Prix in the books for 2023. It was uneventful until it was eventful, and in the end. We got Verstappen P1, uh, Fernando Alonso P2, and Esteban Ocon P3. Got to do it. Overwhelmed, underwhelmed, surprised. Lay it on me. Overwhelmed's got to be Ocon. You can't can't go anywhere else. He could under he could be overwhelmed and, and surprised, surprised. But let's go with Ocon. I'm gonna go overwhelmed because okay, cool. he came. <laughs> One, I'm gonna say surprised because if he didn't qualify where he was, we wouldn't be talking about it. But That's it a was, fact. It was an overwhelming performance from him to go and say I did it. And the I, thing I, about I it is, if if Max didn't pull it out in the last sector to get the pull. Yeah. We would be talking about Ocon. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. And that's the thing. Like I I got to say that he overwhelmed. It was a great like, it was a great drive from him. He did not, you know, buckle under pressure. No, he didn't. Put the time in. Boom. Got a P3 podium out of it. And that's one thing I, I want to mention quickly because he's won a race before. Gasly's won a race before. When you see these guys and you think they're young guys and they don't know no no no. They don't know anything about 
winning because they never won an F1 race. These guys have been winning everything, mm-hmm. okay? From their go-kart days right through. That's how most of them got there. Yeah. They're, they're champions. You don't forget how to win a race. So it's nice to see, uh, you know, Akon competing in a position where, let's be honest, a bit unfamiliar for Alpine to be up yep. in the podium points, but being able to handle the pressure yep. and be dialed in and focus on a circuit like Monaco, have the rain coming over this way, not over that way, put down a quality lap like that. It really, it was an outstanding weekend yeah. for him. I would I say, agree. like, driver of the weekend for yeah. me was Akon. I agree. I agree. Um, underwhelming. I got to go with Perez because... I don't know what the heck they were doing back there. Okay, so here the I had of, a, like the nine thousand pit stops that they did. <laughs> they were data collecting for Max. <laughs> yeah. That's what they were doing. I don't understand. He he went. He came in for his tires, and then it started to rain, and then he came in for his tires, and then they came in for inters, and then they came in for wets. Yeah, and then they were like, "We need inters," so they went back to inters, and. He, you know what? He he was making a, ba- a lot of bad decisions during yeah. the race and the weekend. It reminded me of Charles a few years ago yeah. when he got pulled, he crashed, and he was trying to just feed his way through and force his way yeah. through. And it was just it was very it was very rushed performance yeah. from Perez. It was an off weekend, you know. Um, I, I would say Perez underwhelmed for sure. Yeah. But I also was thinking, well, who had the worst day? Stroll, Perez, Stroll, or Magnuson? <laughs> Magnuson, right? Like they had a day. You know, when I saw yeah, Perez, yeah. I saw Magnuson just. <laughs> Two kilometers an hour trying yep. to make it back into the pits. I was like, man. Yeah. And I, I'm going to, I was going to say Stroll was my surprise because he didn't do anything either. He just kind of, you know, for his teammate to be, you know, so Carrying caught, the team yeah, right carrying now. Carrying the team. And then he was, what, 14th in qualifying? He and was 14th in qualifying. And it's like. And he dropped places right off the top. He got like, into a bounce yeah, around. Yeah. Like he tried to go around the outside of the hairpin, but there was literally no room where he drove it straight into the wall. Yeah, they pinched him. Down. Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> and he's like, oh, they hit me. And it's like, oh, man, you put it yeah, in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I, Monaco's a weird one. You kind of got to let it settle in. Yeah. You just got to survive and then let it settle in. He tried down. to make something happen where there was nothing to be made. Yeah. <laughs> so no, absolutely. That's yeah. where I'm going to go with Stroll just underwhelming of I don't know his performance right now is just not not on par with Alonso I'm not saying that he should be on par with Alonso but it should be closer within a tenth or two the disparity Alonso. always raises questions yes right yes. like even when you look at Sonoda versus DeVries yeah like DeVries yeah. is in the hot seat he had a good race this he weekend. did he did he did he, he did. finished close to the points but but Sonoda has been you know like they're speaking highly of Sonoda for what yeah. he's doing this year and and they expected more yeah. from Nick DeVries with all all the experience he has not to like a lot of people were thinking he was going to be the, the the one driver yeah over there, you know? yeah and, yeah uh, and then kudos, he, kudos to Yuki yeah hey last year all he did was take slack from uh, you know not beating Gasly the whole yeah. time and now he's he's the one doing it. He's hilarious on the mic still. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. break is shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, yeah. And then I seen him doing the walk with Brundle. I'm yeah. like, he's like combing his hair to the side. I'm yeah. like, oh, what BTS looking? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, we need that in the sport, man. Yeah, Shout no, out to him. Sure. And honorable mention, I'll go with McLaren, 910 yeah. uh, points. I was, After Piastri was like looking like he had started the weekend, he was nowhere. So yeah. he was able to pull it through. That would have been my, that was going to be my surprise, but, but Stroll... Yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of went over that. You but yeah, they did. They hey man, they needed a weekend like that for sure. McLaren, the fact that they were both in the points, they were both right there. They had pace for the mid pack. Like they had, yeah, pace. Like, I'm not saying did. front front pace at all, but they had pace for the mid pack. Well, they had front pace near the end. Yeah, in the rain. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, know, they were like, quick. So, they were quick. So yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, we look forward to the next round. We're going to Spain. Uh, Daryl Timmers, thank you so much for joining us. Another race weekend, Canada's F1 show. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And we'll chat to you after the next race.